what's going on people welcome to another episode of clutch pod feels like it's been a while man it's only been a week but obviously we did take a week off because because of the fa cup and also um all-star break as well for the nba but yeah feels like it's been a while but yeah man we're back um we're back we're back and yeah, we got a lot of stuff to cover, man. So we're going to start off with the Premier League. As always, I'm your host, AB. I'll be taking you through the Premier League and obviously the Carabao Cup final reaction as well. So let's start off with the game on Sunday. The battle between two of the most successful clubs in English football. Manchester United against title chasing Liverpool. So yeah, it was a nil-nil draw. But trust me, it, was, it wasn't one of them boring last on match of the day type of nil nil draws it was one of them exciting ones still i feel like the draw benefited united more than liverpool as such but still it was it was a i don't even know how to explain it but i can't lie yeah i don't know what kind of judge Mourinho banged on us but please man that guy just needs to leave us alone because he's just a bandit man how can three men get injured in the first half an hour so, I even know what happened first. First, I think Rashford had, like, a little knock. I think, like, he he, he tweets his hamstring or something. I was thinking, ah, oh, shit. Bearing in mind, Scott McTominay had to start in midfield, yeah, instead of Matic. And also, we had no Martial as well. So, he was replaced by Mata. Mata or Lukaku, one of them two. We played the diamond formation similar to when we beat Chelsea in the FA Cup. That was another great result for us, man. But yeah, so another game, drew 0-0. Rashford tweaked his hamstring. He looked like he wanted to come off in the opening, like, what, 20 minutes. Then all of a sudden, Herrera got injured. Then all of a sudden, I see Mata holding his leg, Lindelof holding his arm. Like, I was thinking, what the fuck's going on, fam? I thought we was going to finish the game with, like, six man, fam. Come, like, some power league thing. But yeah, um, so I think Herrera had to come off. He was replaced by Andres Pereira. Then um, Mata came off. He was replaced by Lingard. We thought Rashford was going to come off. Lingard came on. Bearing in mind, he just came back from injury as well. He had a great chance, though, when he rounded the keeper. That could have been the goal for us that we needed, man. But yeah, Alisson, Alisson saved it. But um, then after that, yeah, Lingard got injured. So then he had to get replaced by Sanchez. So this all happened in within the first like 40 minutes. I was just thinking, flipping no, like we're really gonna come here and get battered. So basically, at the end of the half, it was the back four as usual. We had McTominay and Jess Pereira, Pogs, Sanchez and Rashford and Lukaku up, up top. So it, it was just it was just crazy, man. I was just thinking, rah, like this is this is really not gonna go well because obviously. McTominay and Andreas Pereira, they haven't really been in the squad. Lukaku hasn't really been starting when we have a fully fit squad. And Sanchez, he's just a castaway. Like, it just goes to show, I don't really know if Solskjaer... In fact, it's clear, man. Solskjaer just don't rate um, Sanchez because he brought on an injured Lingard before he brought on Sanchez. A lot of people would say it would have been better if he brought on Sanchez first than Lingard because obviously Lingard coming on, he's half fit. He was just a wasted substitution in a way. Whereas Sanchez, who, who's fully fit, would have done a better job. Well, not a better job, but he w- he would have been more fit. But I'm guessing because it's Liverpool, he wanted you know players he could rely on. And I don't think Sanchez is the guy. But yeah, back to the game. Um, overall... Based on the circumstances I just explained, it was a great result for us. It felt like a win. United were coming up against the Liverpool side. Who, I thought they were going to cause us trouble. I mean, Mo Salah, <laughs> let me not even get started on that guy because he's he, he, he's done out there, man. 
how he was pocketed by Luke Shaw the whole game. Like, they barely threatened us. Mane, Firmino got injured in the first half as well. He got replaced by Sturridge, but they bet. I don't remember the hair making a save. So, defensively, we've been, we've been a lot better on the Solskjaer defensively. Even in the Chelsea game, that was probably our best performance on the Solskjaer. We locked up shot. Stanford Ridge shut it down. That man had no chances whatsoever. I don't I don't remember the hair, sorry, making a single save. So, yeah, uh, at the end of the day, it's a... It's a good result for us. The only thing is moving forward. Obviously, we've got Crystal Palace in midweek away at Sohurst Park with all the injuries that are mounting up. So that's Matic, Martial, Lingard, Mata, Herrera. Like, those are five key players in our squad. So I don't know who he's going to turn to, whether he'll turn to, like, the young Gs, the under-21s, like, Tahi Chong, Angel Gomez, all them man there. But it's not looking good, man. But yeah, as I said, it's a, a res result, 0-0. We're still unbeaten in the league under Solskjaer. We did lose our position in the top four, though, since Arsenal did win. But I'm not really looking at that right now because I have faith that we will touch the top four come the end of the season. As for Liverpool, boy, that is a, that's a very disappointing result for them. Under the circumstances, they, we, were, we were absolutely there for the taking. I mean, Scott McTominay and Andres Pereira are playing in midfield. These men have barely played Premier League football this season and you have a fully fit squad your front three we, are, we already know the types of problems they can cause against big teams but Salah Mane they they were not at the races at all I mean Salah had to get benched for Shakiri, and if that doesn't explain to you how shit he played yeah nothing will so yeah we're really there for the taking but they just they didn't bring the A, A game and obviously I'm happy about that but that's poor for them it's very very poor Salah disaster class I felt Liverpool <laughs> they were trying to go direct all the time like play them long balls and that's not the way they play so I was a bit surprised the way they were playing like that but it fitted that it fitted the way we defend I mean uh, Lindorf and Smalling they defended well Luke Shaw probably one of the man in the match for me man and Ashley Young as well so we played well um the guys that came in Andres Pereira he played decent man consider like I said considering the circumstances considering the fact that he hasn't played a lot of Premier League football, came in, done the job. McTominay, he tried, he done his thing at holding mid. They played well, man. They played well. But yeah, Liverpool have been very poor. I know that win takes them top of the Prem. It's only a point to clear of Man City, but I don't think they're going to win the league, man. They're not going to win the league at all. Not when you're performing, not when you're performing like that. Every time they've had a chance to take advantage, they just don't. They've done it against West Ham. They've done it at Old Trafford. On Sunday, and I think it was against Leicester where they drew as well. So, they, they just lacked the heart, man. But yeah, let's move on to the other game on Sunday. Arsenal play Southampton at the Emirates. They won 2-0. That's a good win for them. Following their win in midweek against Barté in the Europa League. Alexander Lacazette getting on the score sheet as well as Mkhitaryan, who's been criticised recently. But yeah, he's got on the score sheet. 2-0 um, win. Both goals coming in the first half. I mean, what more can they ask for? Good result. Southampton, they've been struggling recently. That's the, they haven't won a Premier League game now in their last four games. And yeah, they are hovering around the relegation zone. But I think, in fact, they are in the relegation zone. They, they could sort themselves out. They have the right quality. But yeah, Arsenal, they go above United. So they're in the top four now, back in the top four. And yeah, good performance for them. Ozil did come off the bench. So he finally made a Premier League appearance. I can't remember the last time that brother played in a Premier League match. So, I don't know what Emery's plans are for him. He did play 90 minutes against Mate in the Europa League on Thursday. 
and captain the side. So I think Emery's just giving mixed signals because one minute he's out of the A team completely, next minute man's playing full 90 minutes and has the captain's armband. Albeit it was in the Europa League. But uh, it's a game they had to win. So I don't know that's whether that's him putting trust in him. But we'll just have to wait and see what happens to Mesut Ozil. Wrapping up the rest of the Premier League results before we move on to the Carabao Cup final. On Saturday, Spurs played Burnley at Turf Moor and they lost. <laughs> they lost to Burnley 2-1. Man like Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood getting on the score sheet. It's such a gritty Burnley win, man. But yeah, Burnley played well, man. Harry Kane came back for Tottenham after like six weeks out with the injury. He played a full 90 minutes. I was surprised though because... Obviously, when you're coming back from an injury that long, your match sharpness isn't really like there, in it. So for Pochettino to play for 90 minutes, it's a bit, it's a bit mad still, especially the way Son has been playing. I felt like Son would have been good enough to get the win for them if he had played the full 90, but he chose to bench him. So I feel I don't know if that's a decision that he's gonna live to regret. But yeah, we're just gonna have to wait and see. But that's a Poor result for Spurs. Great win for Burnley. They've been trying to distance themselves from relegation. Obviously, yeah, that's a great three points for them. They're now 14th in the table. They've got a six-point gap now from the relegation zone. So that should be enough for them, I believe. Yeah, I believe they should be safe, man, Burnley. But yeah, good win for them. Harry Kane did get on the score sheet for Spurs on his return, but... They just didn't look at the races, man. Spurs is now mathematically out of their hands for them to win the title. I don't know why um, that's, that was said on Sky Sports because even if it is mathematically possible, they weren't going to win the league. Let's be serious now, man. But yeah, so they're still sitting in third place, Tottenham. They will they will get top four suddenly, man. I feel like they will finish third in the league. But to win the Prem, that's not going to happen for them. I'm sorry. They just have to focus on other things. They did have a great win in the Champions League though in midweek against Dortmund. 3-0 cons- convincing win. When I said, Jan Vertonghen turned left wing back, you know, whipping in them crosses. But yeah, nah, he, that was a Vertonghen masterclass. He got what, an assist and a goal? But yeah, that was a great win for them in midweek. So as there's no reason why they shouldn't advance through to the next round of the Champions League. So yeah, if they can do their thing in the Champions League, and for the top four, I guess that's no cause for complaints, really. That is a poor defeat for them, though, against Burnley. Like, you should be beating them teams with or without Harry Kane. Um, let's move on now to the rest of the Premier League weekend results. There wasn't a lot of Premier League action. Obviously, there was the Carabao Cup. So, um, teams like Everton didn't play. Brighton didn't play. Obviously, Man City and Chelsea didn't play because they were in the Carabao Cup. So, yeah. Um, there were there were two games on Friday though. I don't really know why they play prem games on Friday, but I guess it is where it is. So Cardiff they got smoked at home by Watford. They lost five one. Massive Gerard De Lafayette banging in a hat trick. Troy Deeney, the captain of Watford, banged in two goals as well. So yeah, that's a big big win for Watford. They're suddenly sitting in seventh now, so they cl- they have the best of the rest crown. That's what they like to call it, because obviously taking the top six out of the equation. So yeah, big win for them. They've been doing their thing under their new manager, Javi Gracia. Cardiff did get a consolation goal, man, like Bamba! So Bamba with the goal, <laughs> their captain. But yeah, they are languishing in and around the relegation spots. They're 17th right now, just a point away from the relegation zone. So they... You know what? They know what they need to do. They need to battle this relegation thing so they can be in the Prem next year with all the big boys. 
But yeah, they ain't gonna be in a prem if they're dropping performances like that. Like, I understand Watford are a good team, but you can't be losing five one to them though, man. Like, that's that's not a good look at all. But yeah, the other game on Friday on Sky Sports, the game that I watched, um, West Ham beat Fulham three one at the London Stadium. Fulham, it's looking bleak for them. It's not looking pretty at all. I mean, they did go in front early, though. Man, like Ryan Babel scoring. Obviously, they got him on loan from Besiktas. But then West Ham quickly turned the corner, banged in two goals before the end of the half. Javier Hernandez, his goal. Boy, it was a very, very bukey goal. It, it was... He used his hand, basically. It was a handball. Like, there's no doubt about it. The replay shows it. The replay shows it clearly. And obviously, that opens another debate about this VAR thing. When is it going to land in the Premier League? This, this and that. Uh... Even in the Burnley Tottenham game, Pochettino, he, he tried to scrap Mike Dean at the end. I've never seen Pochettino that triggered, you know. He's usually like a cool, calm and collected guy, but he looks enraged. I think he's definitely going to get fined by the FA, though, because it, it it didn't look nice, man. But yeah, he I don't even know what he was angry at, like, because their first goal, Tottenham, well, their only goal, the Harry Kane goal, yeah, Danny Rose, yeah, he... he the throw-in was meant to be at the halfway line. Tell me why he threw it from basically the corner flag. So, yeah, that shouldn't have counted. But um, Burnley's goal, I don't know if it was offside, but he was mad about something. But, yeah, back to West Ham, though. But it was a clear handball from Javier Hernandez, but the referee didn't see it. And then, so, yeah, the goal stood, and Issa Diop banged in another goal. And then Mikel Antonio sealed the deal, made it 3-1 at the 90th minute to condemn Fulham to another defeat. Fulham... 17 points out of 27 matches played. They're looking like they're getting relegated. And it's such a shame for the amount of money they've spent. Um, I follow a lot of Fulham fans on Twitter. They were talking about how Ranieri should be sacked. And they should bring someone to, you know, try and rebuild the team for relegation, which is inevitable. So bring in some young talent to compete again in the championship. Because the championship is a gritty league, you know. It's a very, very hard league. Like, probably one of the hardest leagues, man, because you can be in the playoff spots one year and be battling relegation the next. Like, look at Reading. Like, they was in the playoff final two years ago. Now, they're, now they might be touching League One. So, yeah, they were talking about how they should get a manager who's going to, you know, steer the ship because I don't think Ranieri's going to be managing Fulham if they do fall into the championship. And they've got players that there's no way they're going to be in the championship, like Andre Scherler. Tom Kearney, even Ryan Sessegnon, all these players, they're at risk of leaving if Fulham don't survive. So, yeah, I feel like it's going to be peak for them, man. It's going to be very, very peak for them. And I've had West Ham, good win for them, collecting another three points. They've won three in a row now at the London Stadium in the Premier League, so that's good. You know, they want to make their home stadium a fortress, as does every Premier League team. So that's good. I think that's the first time they've done that. They're in the top 10 in the Prem now as well. They're ninth. So, it's a good result for them, man. Good result for them. Uh, moving on to the other games in the Premier League. On Saturday, Bournemouth drew 1-0 against Wolves. The battle of the penalties. There was three penalties given in that game. Two for Bournemouth, one for Wolves. Josh King missed one and scored one. The one that he missed was towards the end of the game as well. So, that would have sealed all three points for them. And Raul Jimenez scoring a penalty for Wolves. Equalising with seven minutes left. So, yeah, it's a draw for Bournemouth. It was a draw for both teams. What am I talking about? That's the thing with Wolves. Obviously, we all know the big game pedigree they have. They always turn up against the big teams. But I can't lie, yeah. 
I feel like that's a game Wolves will look back on and think, damn, like we should have really won that game. Obviously, Bournemouth did miss a penalty, so they will be thankful that they did leave the ground with something. I guess it's not a bad result getting a draw at Bournemouth. They're decent side, but Wolves, with the quality they have, yeah, and with the way they've been performing this season, they should look back on that game thinking that, yeah, man, we should have really won that game. Moving on, Newcastle beat Huddersfield 2-0. Huddersfield were down to 10 men. Tommy Smith got sent off, but Newcastle, obviously, they had to win, man. They were playing against Huddersfield, first of all, and they were down to 10 men. Come on, man. That's like a decent Premier League team down to 9 men. <laughs> but yeah, Rondon and Ayosi Perez scoring Miguel Aramiron, I think he made his first start, the record signing. And he looks lively. I'm seeing nutmegging guys playing one twos, like doing his thing, man. He looks like a decent, decent baller. So, yeah, that's a good win for them. And the evening game on Saturday, Leicester City losing at home at the King Power. 4 1 to Crystal Palace. Wolfred Zaha banging in two. Michi Batshuayi scoring his first goal for Palace, unknown from Chelsea. And Milivojevic scoring a pen. You know that brother doesn't miss a pen. Anytime Palace have a pen, yeah, they sh- the other team should just uh, uh, get ready for kickoff because he's just going to score. <laughs> like, he's so clinical from pens. I don't think anyone's deeped it. Luka Milivojevic, but yeah, he sealed the deal. Well, he didn't seal the deal, but he made it 3-1. And yeah, Johnny Evans scoring for Leicester. Since then, Claude Puel has been sacked as Leicester manager. No surprises really, man. When I was looking at it, I feel like it was either him or Sarri to be the first Premier League manager to get sacked after, obviously, the Fulham manager. Yeah, disappointing result for Leicester. There's n- there's no excuses. You can't be getting beat down at home by Crystal Palace like that, man. No offence to Palace, but come on now, man. Look at the talent Leicester have. Bardi, Damari Gray, you got Wes Morgan at the back, you brought in Yuri Tielemans from Monaco, who's a baller. Like, there's no excuses for you to get beat down like that. Obviously, uh, Leicester fans, they have been critical of Claude Puel because of the defensive style of football he plays. Jamie Vardy did speak out about it, saying that he's struggling to adapt. So, there's no surprises, man. But I feel like for Leicester, yeah, it's like they're stuck in football purgatory because, like, they ain't good enough to be challenging the big boys, even though they did win the league in 2014, but that's an anomaly, like, we all know this. But they ain't shit to be battling relegation, so they're just stuck slap bang in the middle. So it's like, I'm looking at the supporters, and I'm like, all right, cool, you man at 12th in the league, innit? What more do you want? Like, I know you've seen your team win the Prem. It was under completely exceptional circumstances, yeah? But... I feel like right now, I'm looking at you like, and I'm thinking, like, just be grateful, man. Like, all this, like, trust me, you don't want all this manager merry-go-round because it's not good for the players and it's not good for the team. But he has been sacked now, so this is not, what can I do, innit? Like, I can't get him his job back. And they're looking at Brendan Rodgers to replace him. Obviously, Brendan Rodgers is at Celtic. I feel like that would be a good that would be a good appointment for them. I mean, Brendan Rodgers, we all know he likes his he likes to see his players show character. <laughs> they show great. It don't matter if you win or not, just show character, fam. Trust me. Like even when they lost four one to Palace, if they showed character, he would have been pleased with that performance. But yeah, obviously from his Liverpool days when they were trying to win the title and that. Brendan Rodgers, it'll be a good, it'll be a good acquisition for them if they can get him. I feel like that'll bring back the feel-good factor around Leicester and maybe they can get some results again. Maybe challenge for, I don't know, Europa League spot. I don't know, something like that anyway. But yeah, um, on the other hand, 
big win for Palace. Obviously, a bang for them. South London, inject it. <laughs> My guy, Zaha, banging in two goals. I'm happy for him, man. I like him. He's a little baller. But yeah, uh, let's move on. Let's move on. So obviously, on Sunday, big game at Wembley. First piece of silverware up for grabs. Carabao Cup final. Chelsea play Man City. Two weeks ago, we saw Man City just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if there's an adjective to describe what they done to Chelsea that day. They just beat them 6-0, 4-0 after 25 minutes. So, it, it was peak. But obviously, Chelsea, under Sarri, they've been a bit booky. He's come on the criticism. They've gotten to Jorginho. I feel like they made him a scapegoat, this, this and that. But it's a final, man. I feel like in a final, you put all this aside, you're just trying to get some silverware, you know. You're trying to get that winner's medal around your neck. So yeah, going into the game now, it was it was it was a decent game. You know, both teams had a couple of chances. Kante had a great chance for Chelsea. He just banged it over the bar. Um Man City created a couple chances of Guero scoring, but it was offside. But it was onside though, secretly. Like this is what I mean about this VAR thing. So because there was VAR in the Carabao Cup final, innit? Like the VAR showed it and they ruled it offside, but he was he was level with it, and when you're level, you're onside. So it's one of the things that needs tweaking anyway. But yeah, going into extra time, it was nil nil. Couple changes made here and there. Loftus cheek came on. He was a little spark plug off the bench. Played well. Um, Callum Hudson Odoi came on as well. Done his thing. Like Sari, even with his substitutes and that, like you can tell he tries to give it a goal, man. Because in the FA Cup, when they were two 0 down against United, <laughs> he brought on Zappa Costa for. Willian, I think, or one of their wingers. I don't know if it was Willian or Pedro. And everyone was looking at him like, why are you bringing on a right back when you're 2-0 down at home in a, in a cup game? So, yeah, this game, he brought on Hudson Odoi, who, you know, winger, pacey, likes to run at you direct. So, he, there, was a, there was good thinking behind that as to, like, you know, let's try and get the result. But uh, it was 0-0 after extra time. Going on to penalties, yeah. In fact, before extra time, I'm going to talk about Kepa. Ariza Malaga, or however you want to pronounce the brother's name. So, Sarri bought him 71 mil, world, world record for a keeper. Aight, whatever, innit? Came from Atletico Bilbao. Towards the end of the game, yeah, there was a challenge. Obviously, I think he had cramp or something like that. So, obviously, penalties is coming, and you don't want your keeper to be having cramp in it, especially when you're trying to win a cup. So, Caballero's warming up, you know, former Man City players, well, goalkeeper. Warming up to come on, and Kepa's like, nah, I ain't coming off. And I don't know, I feel like that that was embarrassing, man, because it was totally, totally embarrassing. I mean, that is just disrespect for your manager, like, on the, on the highest degree. How can, I've never, ever seen that in my life. I've been watching football for years. I've never seen a man, when it's time for him to get subbed, a man said, no, I ain't coming off. Like, players soaking that, they might dash their gloves, you know, just run off the pitch, be vexed, what not, screw the manager. But the brother said, no, I'm not coming off. Like, with Vim, I'm watching it, yeah, and I'm thinking, huh? Like, what's going on? Like, Caballero, man slapped on his gloves, everything. He's standing on the touchline, doing his one-two joggings, like, warming up. And the brother, the brother said he ain't coming off. And Sarri was moving mad, like... Obviously, you have the right to be vexed because as the manager, your authority is being questioned. And that is, that is, that's, that cannot be happening if you're a manager at a club. It just goes to show, I don't know what's going on in that Chelsea dressing room, yeah, but that team is just a shambles, shambolic, like, 
they're just they're laughing stock. I can't think of any other team where that will happen. Like, so obviously back to the situation now. He's saying he's not coming off. So Savi's thrown a little tantrum, and my man nearly left the ground. Like he 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 was gonna walk out the stadium. That's how mad it was. Like he must have been fuming. So obviously. I think he got to the door now. They opened the door and then he had to walk back in it. That shit was funny. Like, I can't lie. I feel for him though, man. Because how can, as a manager, your authority be questioned like that? Like, obviously, there's been a lot of times he's criticised his players. He said that he doesn't know how to motivate them. But that now, yeah, that just tops. That's just the icing on the cake. Like, how can you tell a man to come off and he said no? And... <clears throat> The worst, the worst thing is now going to the penalty shootout. Yeah, man, <laughs> man saves one pen. <laughs> it's a joke thing. Like it's such, it's just a bad look for Chelsea, man. I can't imagine what the owner was thinking, what the players on the pitch was thinking. Like I feel like that's gonna cause a huge divide though, because obviously Kepa being Spanish. I saw David Luiz was chatting to him. He was covering his mouth. He probably rated him. He probably said, yeah, yeah, don't come off, don't come off. You know that man there, like, David Luiz, he just looks like one of them man that would be like, nah, I don't have it, don't have it. Like, you know that man there that just like to cause trouble, fam. So, yeah, I think Aspilicueta, he tried lying and say he didn't see what happened in the interview. That nigga damn well knew what happened, fam. He probably, he was probably backing uh, Kepa as well. I feel like a situation like that, that's going to cause like divide in the dressing room. Because half the man will back Kepa. I feel like Aspilicueta, like the Spanish brothers, Aspilicueta, Alonso, um, David Luiz. That man will probably back him, like Pedro. Whereas a couple other men will back Sarri and be like, what you're doing is out of order. Like, they'll back Sarri and be like, what you're doing in terms of what Kepa done was out of order, man. There's no way that wasn't disrespectful, man. I feel like, I don't know how Sarri's feeling right now. There was reports that he was going to leave. I don't think he'll leave. I feel like he'll just wait until Chelsea sack him, innit, car? If he leaves now, he'll probably, he'll lose a lot of pee. Whereas if they sack him, he can get pee. Like, look at Mourinho now. He's probably sitting on a bag, like, he's just baking off. <laughs> Man City did win the Carabao Cup. Obviously, back-to-back wins for them. That's the first time they've defended a title. Guardiola, 21 wins now. Major honours as a trophy. Wow, man said as a trophy. <laughs> 21 major honours as a manager. Um, there was a record where he's won his last seven cup finals straight. If that ain't elite mentality, I don't know what is. So, City go marching on. Um, yeah. As for Chelsea, the worst thing is, yeah, they actually played well. Like, considering the fact that what Man City done to them two weeks ago, they played well. They created chances. They defended well. Emerson came in for Marcus Alonso to shore up the left-back position because that guy's been trashed recently. He done his thing. The only thing is, is the is was the situation with Kepa, man. It's such a bad look. Like, I don't even know what... Like, it's just such a bad look for them. Like it's, I can't believe I, I can't believe I witnessed that. Like it was crazy, bro. Moving on, Chelsea play Tottenham on Wednesday. Big game for them. Uh, obviously we all know they want to touch top four. They're currently sitting, they're sixth in the Prem. Big game for them. It'll be very, very interesting to see if Kepa starts that game or if Sarri will start with, um, Caballero. Caballero should he should have come on, man, because I feel like. Obviously, he's a former Man City player, so he probably knows how these men take pens. And he's a great shot stopper as well. Like he saved a couple penalties in he, during his career, so I feel like he could have he could have saved the pens. Like Chelsea could have won. They genuinely could have won if Caballero was on the pitch. 
But yeah, so I don't know if you're going to start on Wednesday. Sari, when he was being interviewed, he tried to brush the situation under the carpet. I feel like that's the great thing to do as a... That's the best thing to do as a manager because you really want to deal with affairs like that internally, especially when it's domestics like that. <laughs> so very interesting to see who he starts with in goal. But Sari, I feel sorry for him, man. His days are numbered. There's no way I see him being Chelsea manager come the beginning of next season. But yeah, so that's the Premier League weekend results. They are Premier League fixtures in the midweek and we're going to look forward to them right now. So all the big six sides play on Wednesday. Arsenal host Bournemouth at the Emirates. Um, should be a straightforward win for them. I mean, they've won, they've won their last couple of games. You know, they should have a little bit of momentum going forward. Chelsea host Tottenham, as I said before, that's the big game between two sides with Champions League aspirations. Chelsea will be looking to bounce back after that Carabao Cup defeat to Man City. But I can't lie, they played well, man. They played really well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Tottenham, they've been they're they're trying to bounce back definitely after that shock defeat away at Burnley. Uh another defeat here, it could get a bit rocky for them still, because I I I like to think that they've sh they've sealed a top three spot in the in the league. But I can't lie, it's closer than most people think. Because right now, yeah, there's seven points between them and Arsenal. So if they lose at Stamford Bridge on Wednesday and Arsenal beat Bournemouth, which most people are predicting, it's gonna go down to four points. So and anything can happen. But yeah, moving on. Crystal Palace host Manchester United at Selhurst Park. Um, it's gonna be a depleted United team, I think. As I said before, Marshall is injured. Well, he didn't play this game. I feel like he might be fit for the Palace game, Lingard's injured, Rashford's injured, Matic is injured, um, Mata's injured, Herrera's injured, so I do not know what the team's going to be looking like, uh, Solskjaer did say he's going to try to promote some of the young G's in the under-23s, so I don't know if we're going to see Mason Greenwood, but I think he's injured, he's a young striker for those of you who don't know, Angel Gomez as well, little Cam, and Tahi Chung, the Dutch guy, so I don't know what's going to happen, I do hope that we win, <laughs> Because we need to keep winning, you know, to get into the top four. Liverpool host Watford at Anfield. That's not going to be an easy game, you know, for Liverpool. Car Watford, Watford, they're no scrubs, you know. They're sitting in seventh place, best of the rest. They just beat Cardiff 5-1. I know it's Cardiff, but they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be confident. And Man City play West Ham at Etihad. I can't see nothing but a Man City win, though, man. I feel like that's it for the Premier League segment. Um yeah, we will be back after these games in midweek. I'm your host, AB. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Clutch underscore pod and on our streaming services, Spotify, SoundCloud and on iTunes. It's all Clutch. But yeah, we're going to be moving on to the NBA segment now. Moving on to the NBA segment. Obviously, All-Star Weekend was last weekend in Charlotte. So, obviously, All-Star Weekend, just live in general, man. You got the dunk contest, three-point contest. You got the All-Star game, Rising Stars, like, all of that, all that All-Star festivities. All of that is live, man. You got all the best players in the world right now just getting at it head-to-head, -head, like, it's live, man. So, I'm just going to recap what went down in the All-Star game. So, obviously, um, Team LeBron beat Team Giannis. I saw there were some great players. I mean, that dime from Steph Curry to Giannis for the dunk, that bounce pass was mad. That Nowitzki come off the bench, Jay, like, free, free straight away. Uh, fucking Chris Middleton dropped, like, four, free straight away. Like, bare mad stuff happening, man. It was a great game to watch, man. 
that bare three pointers, dunks, all of that. Yanis, Yanis was moving mad. Come like he wanted to get all star MVP in the end. They went to KD, dropped like 31 points. But yeah, that was live. Obviously, you had the team world against Team USA as well. So Ben Simmons and Luka Doncic and them man going up against Kyle Kuzma, Donovan Mitchell, Tatum and them man. Obviously, you had the three point contest. Three point contest was kind of mad because. What's his name? Joe Harris? I ain't ever heard of that brother before, but he's a decent three-point shooter. That's what it can do. Like you can you can start to learn about players you don't really watch. So now I'm gonna be watching the Brooklyn Nets, yeah? And I'm not just gonna be watching D'Angelo Russell. I'm gonna see what Joe Harris can do from free as well. So stuff like that. Dunk contest. Dunk contest is kind of rubbed out now, man. Obviously, that dunk over Shaq, that was mad still. Like it was very, very mad stuff. Like it was live. Yeah, it, it, was, it was just a great weekend, man. All-star weekend, fam. It was, it was sick still. So, that was live to watch. Um, Obviously, now this is the second half of the NBA season. So, we're down to the nitty-gritty now. Like, teams that are play, making a playoff push, they're going to be playing at 100 miles per hour. You've got teams that are just going to be tanking <laughs> for Zion and them man there. And you've got the teams that, you know, they're in a comfortable position, in it? They know they're going to make the playoffs. They're just going to build on what they're trying to do, like, like the Sixers and them man. But yeah, um, in other news in the NBA though, the Pelicans fired their GM, <laughs> Del Demps. Um, this was just before All-Star Weekend. To be honest, I'm not really surprised. I would have fired them as well if I was an owner. What are you doing turning down a trade for AD that included Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, Zubac, couple first-round picks like... Are you okay, bruv? So, yeah, they've sacked him. Their new interim GM, he's in a dilemma now because he doesn't really want to play Anthony Davis given the fact that he said he doesn't want to be in New Orleans. So, it's just it's just a mess right now in New Orleans, man. Like, they just don't know what to do with AD. Like, the brother's fully healthy. He didn't say he don't want to play for the rest of the season. He just says he doesn't want to play for the team in the future, innit? Like, he's not going to resign with them. So, boy, I don't know what's going on with them. Another team in the West that's going through a bit of a dilemma, obviously the Lakers. They, they came out of the All-Star break with a 500 record. They were sitting 10th in the West. They were trying to make a playoff push. You know, they had LeBron back. First game back against the Rockets. They done their thing. Big, big win for them against the Rockets. You know, James Harden leading. James Harden, Chris Paul and them man there. They came into Tinsel Town. Lakers dealt with them. LeBron James, 29 points. 12 rebounds, 6 assists, so he was doing his thing. Brandon Ingram stepped up as well, 27 points. Kyle Kuzma dropped 18, so that was a good win for them. So you're thinking, alright, cool. They're going to build on that, but nah. They went to the Pelicans and they lost. And the Pelicans didn't even have AD. Like, this just goes to show that the Lakers, they're just a 500 team. Like It's such a Lakers thing to do. How are you going to beat the Rockets and then go and lose to the Pelicans without AD? Like, it's just... It's frustrating to watch because I want LeBron to do well in it. He's one of the all-time all greats, fam. Of course, I wanna, I wanna see him make the playoffs. Like, what's a playoffs without LeBron? Like, do you know how dead that's gonna be? So yeah, like he tried to, he tried as well. Twenty-seven points, twelve rebounds, but twenty-seven points, twelve assists. Sorry, but it was all in, it, it, it all went in vain in it because they lost. It's just hard, man. I can't lie. Um. I don't know. Me, personally, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, man. Because looking at the games that they got coming up next, it's all against mostly plus 500 teams. So, teams with a winning record and things like that. So, I don't know. Right now, they're in 10th. As I said, the Kings and the Clippers are ahead of them. The Clippers GM did state that he wants his team to make a playoff push, despite the fact they got rid of their star player to free up some cap space. So, you know, they're going to be all in. 
I really don't know what's going to go on with the Lakers. I really do want them to make the playoffs. Realistically, they need to get the 7th seed. Because if they make the 8th seed, what's the point? They're just going to get bounced by the Warriors in 4. Just going to give them a quick beat down and move on to the next round. So that's going to seriously harm LeBron's legacy. And I've said, and like I said before in previous pods, if the Lakers get 7th seed, trust me, the Denver Nuggets don't want to buck them. They do not want to be going to the Staples Center. They don't even want to be playing in the Pepsi Center where they play when they see playoff LeBron fam. So if they get into the 7th seed, they have a real good chance of progressing or winning a playoff series. Let me just say that. So yeah, that's that's the thing regarding the Lakers. Um, I'm going to move on to the MVP race. I want to mention a special brother. His name is MVPG13. Yep, the propaganda has started. I can't lie. If you had asked me two weeks ago, I would have told you James Harden's my MVP. Especially with that streak that he's still on, by the way. He's still on the streak. Rockets played the Warriors the other night. They beat them in the Oracle. Great result for them. They were 15 and oh, <laughs> They were up 15 <coughs> within the first quarter, like 15 and 0. That's how they started the game. So yeah, PJ Tucker put in a masterclass. He locked down KD. Obviously, they were without James Harden. He was out with, I think he had a neck injury or something like that. PJ Tucker, 18 and 10. Chris Paul, 17 dimes, 25 points. So, you know, he was just dishing them out. Kenneth Reed, he done his thing, 20 and 10. And Clint, you know, Clint was eating them, them rebounds. He got 15. But yeah, man, that was a great result for the Rockets. Um, I feel like that is that win shows a bit of intent for them. But yeah, um, before I go off track, back to the MVP race, as I was saying. So yeah, two weeks ago, if you had asked me who's my MVP, I would have said it goes Harden, then Yanis. But I can't lie, Paul George, he has been putting up some numbers recently. I mean, what? His last 24 games, he's averaging 32.6 points, 7.5 rebounds, 4 assists, shooting 45% from the field, 43% from free. Like if that ain't all, if that ain't MVP numbers, I don't know what is. Like the OKC, they've been going well as well. They've been doing their thing, winning. They're top three in the rest right now. So Paul George, he, I don't know. He's looking like a, he's definitely an MVP candidate. Whether or not he can win the MVP, I want to see him win the MVP. You know, because obviously with the injuries that he's had, with the fact that he bounced back from that injury, that nasty leg break. He's coming now. He played his first season with Russ last year. He said, you know what? I like this guy, man. He could have easily gone to the Lakers, big market. Everyone everyone thought he was going to go LA. Obviously, he's from there as well. He said, nah, man, I'm loyal. I'm going to stay with Russ. I'm going to back him. He's backed him. Russ, Russ is showing him love as well. He's doing his thing, man. So I feel like it's, a, it's good. I, I'm happy for him, man. I'm happy that he's born in like this. Right now... I don't know. Yeah, right now I'll back him for MVP. I don't know if he's. I don't think he's gonna win it though. Cause when you see what that brother, the Greek freak, is doing in Milwaukee, when you see what James Harden's doing, um, especially the fact that the Bucks are first in the east in the East as well. Yeah, man, that's the only thing that will make me think that. Yeah, he's. It's just the Greek freak, man. He's just been there. He's just been there. He's thing, man. That's the only reason why I wouldn't make Paul George my MVP. But other than that, he's been. Balling. If he can keep this up, this MVP race is gonna be it's gonna be a free horse race and it's gonna be very, very difficult to choose. Like <laughs> they might have to split it. <laughs> That's the MVP G13 propaganda. I do want to talk about a couple teams in the East. Let's start off with the Boston Celtics, because I can't lie, the other night um they got bounced by the Chicago Bulls in Chicago. They lost by 10. 
to the Bulls, who currently, before that game, had a 15 and 44 record. And you got a man like Zach Levine dropping 42, Laurie Markinen dropped 35. So I don't know what's going on with the Celtics. I mean, we've been discussing this the whole year the whole Gordon Hayward situation, the whole Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum regression. All this is that has been happening the whole year, the Kyrie Irving situation. Like, if they don't sort it out, yeah, I don't know what's going to... I really don't know what's going to happen because it's just embarrassing now, man. The fifth in the East, 32 and 23 record. Um, it's very poor for them. It's very, very poor for them. Do I still back them to win the East? I don't. I never backed them to win the East in the first place. In terms of, on paper, they should be winning the East when you look at their depth and things like that. But I can't lie, yeah, they, they are looking, they're looking very poor. They're looking very, very poor, like, they, they lack so much chemistry, like, I don't know how Brad Stevens is going to sort it out, but he needs to sort it out, because it's just unacceptable. You can't lose to a Chicago Bulls team like that, man. The team, another piece of news, so obviously, um, Joel Embiid, he's been ruled out for at least a week with knee soreness, but he's going to be reevaluated after a week, so he is going to miss a couple of games for the Philadelphia Sixers, we all know how important he is to the team, he is their franchise player, he is their number one option, he is their best player, and it's not even close, so yeah, other game, I watched them against the Portland Trailblazers, team who blew them out in Portland uh, a couple months ago, they lost there by what, like 30 or something like that, so they've come to the Wells Fargo Centre, without Joel Embiid, the Sixers they they can't find anyone to replace him, man. I mean, Mayanovic, he's done his thing when we beat, when they beat the Miami Heat. He got like 19 points, 12 rebounds. He played well. But I can't lie. When you're playing a team like the Trailblazers, who have a bit bigs in like Nurkic, you got Enes Kanter coming off the bench for them, their recent acquisition. Like, they'll just eat in them rebounds all the time. We'll just they'll just get out muscled in the paint, everything. Like it just went wrong for them. So they just need to hope and pray that they have a fully fit Joel Embiid going into the playoffs. Because anything, if Joel Embiid ain't 100%, there's no way the Sixers are coming out of the East. They might not even touch the Eastern Conference Finals. So they need them to be fit. And obviously, this is a player who missed his first two years in the league due to injuries. So they need to be managing him well in order to, you know, preserve him. So yeah, as I said before, it's crunch time in the NBA. You got teams fighting for playoff berths. You got teams um trying to move up in the in the seedings to get that you know home court advantage. And then you got the teams that's just trying to tank. So um right now the it's very it changes every day to predicting who's gonna win the East. It's it's very very hard to predict. So yeah, you you guys let me know, man. Let me know. Obviously, tweet us at clutch underscore pod. You know, let's get some interactions going. Uh, share your opinions. You can shout me questions and things like that. I'm likely to respond as well. So, yeah, moving into the last final leg of the NBA season. Will LeBron James make the playoffs? Will the Golden State just bulldoze their way through to another to another championship? We just have to wait and see. That's it for the NBA segment. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Clutch underscore pod. And don't forget to follow us on the streaming services, Spotify, SoundCloud, and on iTunes. We'll be back same time next week. I'm your host, A.B. I'm out. Meow. Hey,